Welcome back to The Playdate. I am your host, Susan Peterson. And I am your host, Fifi Latier. Fifi, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> How is everything going? It's going good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. My sister-in-law sent me this little meme this morning, and it said, normalize saying the horrors are all around me, but I'm still here instead of I'm living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I forgot. I hate that question sometimes. Like sometimes people are like, how you doing? And you're like, you don't really want to know. <laughs> and then sometimes people are like, how you doing? And you're like, great. Everything's perfect. And you're either lying or telling the truth, but it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Because it just shuts it down. The worst is when they follow up with, why is everything good? Oh. And then you have to think of all the reasons and it's why just like good. Why are you here? Why are you asking me this question? Okay, so how about this? When my kids get home from school, my therapist taught me this. I say, what's the hardest thing you had to do today? I love that. Do you want to answer or no? What's the hardest thing I had to do today? Wake up. I was literally going to say that same thing. Did you sleep well? Yes. I went to bed at 9. I would have slept longer, but I have a newborn still. (laughs) So what time do you have to wake up? 2 o'clock. And then... All of my kids, for some reason, wake up at 6, and it really bugs me. I feel like it's an age thing. I can still remember the day, I think my son was 9, when he woke up and didn't come in and tell us he was awake. I would love that. Yeah, so you only have 9 years. Just like lay in bed a yes. little bit longer. Yes, or just hear them getting cereal and watching oh, a show. Yes. Yeah, That would even be better when yeah. they can make their own breakfast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. In our last episode, and I don't know, I hope these are sequential. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I could not say that word for my life. But we had kind of talked about how you had a hard time bonding with your first. So we're just going to dig right into that. We thought it could be its own episode. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. So walk me through your first birth. I know you said you had a boy first. Mm -hmm. And walk me through. Did your water break? Was that someone else? No, I actually had preeclampsia. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about that. So I had preeclampsia, yeah. (laughs) How far along were you when you got it? I could tell by 28 weeks. You were just super swollen or what? Yes, I was so swollen. I was just tired. I would press on my legs and there's like indents of my fingers. And I talked to my doctor and he's like, oh, you're fine. And of course, like, yes, of course, they kind of just like whatever, swept it under the rug. And so I was like, I'm telling you, I swear I have preeclampsia. And then come like 33 weeks, I think he started to like, oh, we're going to have to start monitoring you because I think you have preeclampsia. I'm like, okay, I already told you. Right. And so they started monitoring me. And then come like, it was like 34 to 37. He was like, all of those weeks, he was like, okay, we might have the baby today. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I just kept going to my doctor's appointments every week ready for a baby. And then it was at 36 and a half. So basically almost 37 weeks, I gave birth to my son. Just I got there not really expecting anything. And then he was like, okay, we're having a baby today. Your blood pressure is so high and blah, blah, blah. So So they put you on Pitocin? Yeah, they put me on Pitocin. So they came in, broke my water, put me on Pitocin, and— Next thing I knew, I was having a baby, and it kind of felt really surreal because it wasn't like what I thought it would be like. I expected my water to break and me to be having contractions at home and rushing to the hospital with my husband, but it was like very 
medical. <laughs> Rush and medical. Yes. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be a mom today. And so when he came out, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I literally remember trying to force myself to cry. Stop. I was like, oh my gosh, I should be crying right now. And I was like. <laughs> Did it feel like you were like, sometimes when things happen so fast, I feel like I'm observing myself a little uh, yes. bit. Yes. Not like I'm living it, but that I'm observing myself live it. Yes. It feels like a very like out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. That first time felt that way. And I was just like, okay. And I'm like staring at my husband and he has tears coming down. And I'm like, I got to force some tears out, but I couldn't. And I think he knew. And he just started laughing at me. Oh, um, It's fine. I was just like, I remember the very first thing I said to him, though, when my baby came out. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. And then I got chills, and I got hot and cold, and all of a sudden, I just had to go to sleep. I literally was having such a weird reaction to hormones. Like, people don't tell you that when the baby's out. Like, you're going to feel hot or cold, or your body might shake. Yeah, you and go into shock a little things. bit. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, that first time around, I was like, I don't really want to hold him because I'm literally about to fall asleep and fall off this bed. Mm. And so it was like a little difficult because my body felt hit so hard. Do you I, feel like that was because of the preeclampsia or it was like the shock of birth or? I think it was all of it. They weren't worried about the preeclampsia after because he said he was like, okay, it should go away after. And if it doesn't, then that's eclampsia and we'll figure it out. So I was like, okay, well, we're doing this. But after I was able to kind of like nap for like an hour. I feel like I was more willing to be able to hold my baby because my arms felt like my arms. And I had control over my limbs. And now I could also keep my eyes open and look at my child. But that bonding experience, I don't think that the very first time set us back. Not no. at all. No. <laughs> so oh. like, I think I look at all the, like, at that time, obviously, this was, like, mid-2018s, and so a lot of moms were coming out with all of those baby, what do you call those, birth photography. Like babies. the birth videos? Yes, birth videos, birth stories. Oh, yes. yes. They're coming out with birth stories, like it's a curated kind of gallery of their birth, but also a video, and they were just so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> In my first family picture with myself, my husband, and my baby, he's literally holding the arm to my wheelchair, and I'm smiling, holding my baby. But in my husband's other hand is a bag of Depends diapers. All right. <laughs> so it's not curated or beautiful. No. No. Don't you feel like that with everything, though? Sometimes I'm so disappointed in humanity, <laughs> especially after you spend too much time online looking at something or imagining how something's going to be. Yes. And then the reality is the depends. Yes. The reality is you get home and you take your first shower and I've never felt more sorry for myself in my life <laughs> than just everything that could leak leaking and just crying. Everything's not where it's supposed to be. Yeah. The hormones. I feel like it's beautiful to have that memory. And yeah. for anyone that has that, I think it's like so incredible. But sometimes I feel like we do a disservice to ourselves by buying into it. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel because I was like, okay, I got to bounce back. And I remember somebody's like advice was like, 
okay, you want to get your tightest jeans and squeeze into them after with it. And I was like, okay. You can't see my face. I couldn't even do it. My face is horrified <laughs> right now. But for real, for real, 2009, when I had my daughter, I took my pre-pregnancy jeans to the hospital because I didn't know they wouldn't fit. No, people don't tell you. I didn't know. Oh, my gosh. I thought, oh, the baby will come out in probably the same size. Yeah. And I couldn't even get them up over my thighs. No, because you're still like three months pregnant type yes. body. Also, maybe five. jeans, <laughs> leaving the hospital in jeans. <laughs> I know. I look back and I just laugh that that was like one of the things that I took to heart. I'm like, yeah, I'll take some of my skinny, high-waisted jeans and try to squeeze in and that'll like snatch me back up. And then I think it's so funny because we think of body more. And I think this is where my bonding experience kind of took a turn a little bit was just because I wasn't taking care of myself in the way that mattered the most. Okay, tell me more about that. I just thought, I'm like, okay, maybe my hair needs to be done. I need to bounce back to work into my body and focusing too much on the physical. So instead of, of like being present and facing what the reality of the situation was, which is my body's different. Yeah. My routine's different. Yeah. And it's Everything's like, different. This is yeah. how it should look. If I just get back to myself, this could work. But I was like, I am not that person anymore. Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> I like this. As one of the, not only, but I am a female entrepreneur that is sometimes propped up mm-hmm. a lot. And I think it's just because they're like, oh, we need a female. Who's a female? Susan. Okay, get her here. (laughs) Um, Because there's so many male entrepreneurs in every city that you go in. It's not unique to Utah, but there is a lot here of men entrepreneurs. But the story that I always tell is our moms are born at the hospital with the baby, especially the first one. And I think just as traumatic as the birth canal and everything is for the baby, it's like, this is traumatic. You leave the hospital wanting to get back, I guess it is. But realizing that there's not a way back. There's only a way forward. Yeah. No, that's definitely how I felt. And I mean, I just didn't recognize that as a 22-year-old brand new mom. And -hmm. it's not like anybody ever told you that's how it would be either. They prep you more for like, your baby's going to be waking up at this time and this time. And you got to breastfeed and do this. But nobody prepped you for yourself to take care of yourself. I think that's one of the things that I really needed to focus on was that I am a much better mom when I take care of myself. So do you feel like you were trying to bond with your child as Fifi pre-baby instead of Fifi the mom? Yeah, because it's interesting. Before I was even a mom, I was always, always a very nurturing person. Everybody would say I'm the most motherly person in out of my family and between my sisters. And so I expected it to come like Mm -hmm. that. And it was so interesting because it didn't. I was a little disappointed. I just kept telling myself. Then I finally admitted to my husband, I'm like, why didn't I cry? Why didn't I cry? Like, this is my kid. Mm -hmm. I was like, I cried for my sister's kid. (laughs) I don't understand. But one of the things I just had to focus a lot about in the first year of being a mom was just giving myself a lot of grace mm-hmm. and embracing that compassion that I am going through this for the first time too. My baby has been welcomed into the world. It is their very first time being here and we're learning it together. 
Mm-hmm. I just kept telling myself that. And so it allowed me not to necessarily feel a lot of mom guilt for maybe my lack of bonding that I felt like maybe should have been further along. I saw, you know, moms cooing and stuff all the time. And my kid, I do love him. I do. But I'm like, I don't really know what else you expect between me and my newborn. I just think bonding seems to be when moms think about it or maybe when they're hearing about it for the first time. It sounds like it should be more than what it really is. Whereas I view bonding with a newborn more as holding them and loving them and Maybe I'm swiping my hand through their hair or just feeding them through a bottle. I don't think you have to breastfeed a baby to have the most ultimate bonding experience. I think also one of the easiest ways I bond with my kids is I sing to them. I sing often. I am not a mom that always reads to my babies starting like really young, but I know that my sister, she would read to her kids all the time. And they just loved books. And that was their form of bonding. And so, like, I think it's a very simple little strategy toolbox that you can have. It's just these little things of reading or going for a walk, if that's something that you love to do. That's something that helped me was I did things I loved with my baby. And he got to know me. And I got to see who he was and know who he was, too. So it's not like very difficult to bond in different ways with them. Yeah. You and I were just looking up quotes. and (laughs) It really is that quote, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And it doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't have to be all these little things. Like it doesn't have to be reading and singing and walking. Some of my favorite memories are with my kids are like holding them on my lap while they just played with their favorite toy. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing with them. But I was there. I was like this secure spot for them. And those are just some of my favorite memories. And for them, just having you there is enough. Yeah. You are their world. 100%. You are. And so I do think just being very present. That's actually my goal this year is to be even more present than I've ever been for my kids. Wow. You're a good mom. (laughs) (laughs) I've told this story on the pod a million times. I've told you, I do feel so out of the baby stage sometimes because my youngest is 14 and I think I have the biggest rose-colored glasses on. And I also feel like I'm like, not my mother-in-law. She was wonderful and perfect, but someone's mother-in-law who's like giving you advice that's so outdated that you're like, oh, okay, sounds good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do love babies. There's nothing like baby bliss. When you're in that baby bliss bubble. Yes. When I got to that point, it takes me a little bit to know some of them. So my very first one took me maybe two weeks. My second child, since I had gone through a little bit of guilt having a second so early next to my first, that one took like another two-ish weeks. Okay. But aside from it, when you get into this baby bliss, I find that my baby actually calms me so much. When I feel like I'm being sucked into this type of darkness, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so lonely. I wish somebody would visit me. Or, oh my gosh, I feel so sad. My body doesn't look the way I wish it would right now. Just those dark thoughts or negative things. I would just kind of hold my baby. Sounds so funny and cheesy, but I would hold my baby and I swear I could just smell their hair and 
just nuzzle their head a little bit with my nose and stuff. And I just felt so calm. And it's so interesting because I read this like article that the pheromones of your baby is so calming to the mother because of the bond that you guys have biologically. And so then I thought it was so interesting. So I read this other thing about baby wearing and how the benefits of having that child bond to you a little bit more, but helping you in the postpartum stage is so healthy and good for you. So when you wear your baby, not only do those pheromones like kind of envelop you, but your heart synchronize. Oh, I love that. Isn't that interesting? And so I just loved it, but there's so many other health benefits and scientific, I mean, not scientific methods, but that baby wearing does for you that is scientifically backed. Like the baby's less colic, they're less crying. But on the mother's side, which I thought was so awesome, was holding your baby and wearing your baby actually brings you more oxytocin. That love hormone is the anti-stress hormones that come to you. So I'm like, yeah, you got your antidepressants. That's great. That's self-care. But you can have anti-stress hormones naturally too, just by wearing your baby or holding them close as much as you can. I love it. And I think the purpose of this podcast is we go on and we continue to talk and I love you. You're like such a wealth of knowledge. You're so young. You hate when I say that. How old are you? <laughs> 28. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're so wise for someone so young, I will say. No, that's like qualifying it. You're just a wise soul. Have you always been kind of an old wise soul? I've gotten that a lot recently. 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 So you've grown into it. I probably have. I mean, I'm also very much the ditzy friend that just loves to have fun. Yeah. And we'll go party. <laughs> yeah, no, I've partied with you. It's been fun. I love learning from you. And I think the purpose of this podcast is to present ideas and information. And then at the end, I always want to close with, if none of this works for you, it's fine. Your journey with your baby is your own and you have to figure out what works for you. I used to say this all the time. If you're doing something that feels crazy to the outside, you might be on the right track. (laughs) Because sometimes it's like, no, this is how my baby sleeps. And people are like, do this or this or this. And you're like, no, 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 I know. Or even sometimes with a doctor, you start to feel a little crazy and you gaslight yourself. If you're having trouble bonding or you did, or if you're having trouble baby wearing or you did, or anything that we talk about, please don't take it as gospel. It's just some ideas that have worked, but we're anxious to hear what works for you too. So join the conversation. If you've had trouble bonding or you know someone or you have tips, put them in the link below. I love it. Love it. Thanks, (laughs) Fifi.